Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and today with me is Cassia Borowska, Managing Director at Brainpool AI. Hello, Cassia. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. uh, No problem. Really looking forward to having this discussion with you. We're going to be talking today about applications of AI in marketing. And a heads up for all the listeners out there, I recorded an episode with Cassia for my personal podcast, The Advertising Hour, where we were discussing ethics and data bias in mar- um, in artificial intelligence, just more generally. And I knew that Cassia's background will make her a fantastic guest for the Internet Marketing Podcast, speaking about, Cassia, your marketing experience, your predictions for the future, and where AI can help marketers, and just your experience so far in what you're seeing out in the wild being in the artificial intelligence space. So our listeners can go and listen to that episode if they want to learn more about data bias and your opinions on that. But could you briefly describe your background and your role at Brainpool for the listeners of this podcast? Sure. Thank you very much, Scott, for inviting me to join your podcast today. Uh, so I'm a man- managing director uh, and co-founder at Brainpool AI, uh, which is a global network of 500 AI and machine learning experts. Uh, but my personal background is, well, first of all, in mathematics and then uh, cognitive science. Uh, but after the, my academic years, I went and worked in marketing, particularly B2B marketing uh, for some of the big global brands. And so my main uh, area of interest was trying to figure out whether any of uh, the research that is currently being performed by academics in cognitive science, AI and machine learning is currently being used by uh, marketing agencies. And one of the key insights and, well, I guess, aspects of marketing that I, I found most interesting is that Actually, there's so much more scope to apply that latest knowledge and research uh, in many various uh, areas uh, of creating marketing strategies and marketing campaigns. And so Brainpool was primarily created in order to fill that gap between academia and and the corporate world and try to provide access to the best minds in AI, machine learning, to uh, marketing companies, but also to companies within other industries as well. I love that. And you're in such a unique position coming from that mathematics background, having a background in cognitive science, having a background in marketing, and then also now in the world of artificial intelligence. And I think it must be, and we'll talk about this as the episode goes on, 
it must be quite conflicting at times being in the position you're in because you must see both the real benefits of AI and also the dangers or risks of AI, both in marketing and more generally. Definitely. It's, um, it is a conflicting mix of feelings often. <laughs> because, uh, well, we all know, being marketers, we know that we should really use the data and use science to improve our marketing campaigns, to really try to make our uh, advertising strategies more useful to our potential customers, right? So in the ideal scenario, we should really use the data in order to try to guess what kind of products would our customers really find of value uh, and, they tr- and then try to encourage them or basically make that journey to, fi- to finding those products easier for the customers. So basically trying to provide them a benefit of of using their data uh, and uh, giving them information that they would actually want to find. However, we know that that's not often the, the case. And a lot of the time, advertisers are using data just to push their products and push clients to buy products that they don't actually need or want. Uh, and uh, that's the, the kind of direction from which we're trying to step away. Uh, and we're hoping that over time, marketers will, will realize what is the good use of AI, machine learning, and, and data, uh, and try to shift the, the campaign strategies towards that direction. Interesting. And actually, starting on this topic about how artificial intelligence is currently being used, we talked a little bit in this the other episode that I referenced about the fact it's it's still a largely unregulated industry, which makes it probably very appealing to marketers and advertisers. But that's also the risk. But I know as well that we were talking about the misuse and the misinformation around the differences between artificial intelligence and machine learning. So we we were speaking about how artificial intelligence is often overused as a phrase and is almost losing its uh, its meaning or its value because it's overused. So could you perhaps introduce the differences between artificial intelligence and machine learning for the basis of this episode? Yes, you're absolutely right. AI became such a buzzword and pretty much everyone that uses data in one way or another talk about AI, uh, whereas normally it's really just mathematics or statistics that they're actually implementing rather than uh, anything to do with AI or, or machine learning. So in short, uh, artificial intelligence are technologies that are trying to imitate uh, human behavior um, so we are still quite far away from being able to fully uh, replicate the way that the human brain works. And there is a, another term called artificial general intelligence, so AGI, uh, which is supposed to be the, the real imitation of uh, human behavior human, and the human brain. And we are years away from being able to achieve that. At the moment, whenever we talk about AI, we're talking about a very narrow application Uh, of artificial intelligence to solve one particular problem or challenge that we set for the AI system to solve. And when it it comes to machine learning, you can think about it as a toolbox for building AI systems. So there are many machine learning algorithms, there are many ready-made libraries that data scientists can use uh, in order to build the more complex AI systems to achieve the goals that are set. Is the misrepresentation of AI and the phrasing of it, is that something that frustrates you personally? 
I mean, I, I just got used to it, to be honest. So we're called Brainpool AI. So, but we know that a lot of the projects that we do for clients have nothing to do with AI, but we're not going to call ourselves Brainpool Mathematics because not as catchy <laughs> as, as Brainpool AI. So, you know, I think everyone in this uh, kind of, all the data scientists and the technical teams understand that this is the buzzword that's being used by the commercial right. this way and we kind of close our eye to, to it. And, and the bottom line is that we, we know what we're doing and we know when it's AI and when it's not, but it really doesn't really make that much of a difference to how you call it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, that's good to hear as well. Um, it sounds like it's a bit of an in-joke almost between you all. Um, so that's quite funny. And moving into use cases of AI and specifically AI in marketing, what is the use of AI capable of achieving within marketing as we speak today? Sure. So I think, I mean, there are quite a few different areas, but I think the one overarching trend uh, is personalization. Uh, so in an era of programmatic marketing and real-time bidding, uh, we know that we can use personal data on our customers in order to change the, the content that we feed towards those customers in real time. And the way machine learning works is that machine machines are learning over time. That's why it's called machine learning. And so having the data provided to us not only by the, the cookies that we collect on all the websites. So we have a lot of data on the actual person that we're trying to target, their behavior, their demographics, uh, and all, all the rest of the, the kind of information collected online. But we also then get information about how that person is interacting with our adverts. So thanks to the fact that we constantly track and monitor our advertising campaigns, we're able to see, okay, based on this kind of profile, this kind of uh, demographic and behavioral insights, whenever we provide this type of content, say blue versus green or tiger versus turtle, uh, we are able to see who clicked on which advert, which messaging, which text appeals more towards which demographic group, uh, and then optimize our campaigns over time using those insights and using those information. It's a huge amount of data that's being analyzed that previously was not able, well, it was not possible for humans to analyze. But machine, machine learning can enable us to draw those insights. And with personalization, having spoken to you already on the, the topic of data bias, it sounds like you're excited by what AI is capable of in terms of personalization, but you think it's important that particularly big corporations, Facebook, Google, and such, they only utilize that data if it's with consent from the user. So you still really respect privacy. That's true, but I, I, as a general kind of comment, I would say I don't think that the way in which social media business models are structured at the moment uh, is ethical. Um, mm. I think the amount of insights and knowledge that those social media platforms have about us and so it's just too much information about our personal lives and we don't even know how much information they actually have so it's very mm. difficult for us to, to understand the scale of the problem uh, mm. but we know that the objective of each of those social media platforms is to maximize the time that we spend browsing through the platform uh, we also know that there are uh, studies that show correlation between depression and suicide rates 
surpasses the amount of hours we spend on social media platforms. So unfortunately, mm. we got got ourselves to a point where we are acting against our own benefit. And uh, the way in which those social media platforms earn money from us being a, being their product is obviously through uh, advertising. So through trying to sell us objects that we don't necessarily often need. So that whole system really needs to change and needs to be a major shift in uh, trying to reevaluate everyone's objectives. Um, mm. But I think uh, hopefully that, that that change will come and we should probably start with us uh, raising awareness and, and really understanding uh, how our data is being used by, by the platforms currently. It's interesting. The comparison that comes to mind as you're speaking to me reminds me of the discussion around climate change because climate change is at that critical time and in terms of we only have a few years left before the tide turns and it's no longer within our control and it sounds like you think personalization is at a similar level in that social media companies for example have so much control we as as customers and as users of as social media platforms the addiction and the aspect of personalization, the desire, the obsessiveness to keep using it, it's its turning into we're no longer in control of it. It's definitely, there's some similarity in there. It's, mm. it's getting worse and worse over time. Mm. Uh, and yeah, no, I really hope that uh, it will change because you know, this can't keep on going like this. There are many other political and soci- sociological impacts that social media platforms have and one of the reasons why societies are so divided these days is that uh, social media platforms feed you the information that you want to see right so if if you believe that the earth is is flat you're going to see uh, and get targeted with videos that prove to you that the earth is flat over and over again Mm. and you meet a person that thinks the earth is actually uh, round you won't be able to communicate with them because the reality that you live in and the reality that anyone else lives in is completely different so there needs to be a way it's all a result of this super smart hyper personalization strategy that's powered by machine learning but there needs to be a way for us to unify people again to make make sure that we start living in the same reality again if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Mm, yeah, a, a good statement and a, a good message there for, for me and our listeners. And uh, for what it's worth, I believe the earth's round. <laughs> And um, I don't want to have the debate with flat earthers on this podcast ever about the earth status. Please no. Um, <laughs> um, on the flip side, just talking about personalization, do any examples come to mind for you about a really good use of personalization? So, for example, a company that's using personalization morally and well? That's just a consumer yourself. Any good examples that you've seen? Yes, definitely. There are a lot of ways in which you can personalized your advertising strategies for good, especially when when you're selling something that's that's of use to say the society or help try to help the environment and you have a, a platform that enables you to easily find people that believe in what you believe in and maybe are able to help. So any charities or environmentally friendly companies is a great an efficient platform for them to, to promote their products. Uh, but I'm a believer that all these technologies should really be used in a way to help people. So say it is possible to to limit the amount of advertising that's fed to, to, towards people just to their, cover their basic needs. So for example, if, if I need new shoes and maybe I want to look at uh, new, new pairs of shoes this week because I just really need one then I'll be happy to, to see those shoes throughout that one week but, but that's not the way it works out because the goal for because in capitalism basically the goal for of any company is to keep, keep on growing constantly without limit and um, the number of ads I'm going to see is also going to reflect that strategy right so I'm going to constantly be seeing all of the advertising of all the possible shoe brands, even though I bought my shoes months ago already and I don't need any other pair. I think the key to this is to really try to cap the amount of ads that you feed to each of the, the customers and really try to think about them in terms of how can my advertising strategy be helpful to the customer rather than how can I maximize the, the revenues of, the, of my client. And on the topic of use cases, can you speak on any more use cases that you see right now that you're familiar with and that are yeah, happening right now in terms of applied AI in marketing? Mm-hmm. Another one, a big, big area these days is uh, content generation. Mm. Uh, so there are new emerging uh, areas of AI like GANs uh, that you can use to automatically generate uh, content, be it text or visual content. Um, and that, I think, is going to become more and more popular, especially 
when we know that the content generated by AI can take all these huge data sets and data points into consideration to really optimize the way that the, that particular content is being presented to each of the particular target um, audience groups. So I think that this area will definitely keep on growing. Uh, another area that I think is coming in, in right now, but it's still not quite there yet, is merging the offline and online data sources. Uh, I think offline marketing is still being kept quite separate from uh, the digital marketing strategies, and, and I think machine learning can, can help with that. Um, and in general, when it, com when it comes to data analytics, uh, there are so many different teams and different data points that can be analyzed in marketing. Oftentimes, the sales teams are kept completely separate from the marketing teams, so machine learning can also help merge all of that and basically bring all of the data collect it all into one big source uh, and creates useful dashboards for uh, digital marketers to be able to, to analyze it. There are quite a few things that I want to unpick there. But as you're t you mentioned content generation, I'm curious to know from your perspective, I think the, the general marketer or advertiser listening to this podcast may have seen some of the early examples and some of the companies that are experimenting with AI-driven or as they, at least as they claim, AI-driven content generation. And I've never seen great examples of this in the world. Have you seen good examples of AI content generation? And where do you stand on that just as a, as a user, as a reader of the internet? Is it something you're excited by, the fact that there could be AI-driven information in the future being delivered to us? Or is it something that you're a little bit w worried about? I think I would agree with you. We're still not quite there yet. Mm. Uh, I personally haven't seen any good quality content mm. generation or content being generated fully by AI. I think for now, uh, it's more of a case of supporting the content teams with uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. But then there will still be that human element to finish off an advert uh, or make it look like a, a better quality piece. But in general, I think it can save marketers a lot of time. And one of the biggest benefits for me, at least of, of all of this, is that we will really be able to segment our target audience groups uh, into very small groups in order to show them the most the most relevant possible variation of that particular ad. So everyone will mm -hmm. be seeing different types of products or different ways of presenting the product, but those ways will be most accurately pleasant for the eye of, of the receiver. So I think that's that's the main benefit and the main help that machine learning can provide. Hmm. And the other, as you're talking about that, so I agree. And I think for me, we talk about audience segmentation a lot in marketing, and it's really just an even more granular level of audience segmentation or even user getting down to the user level, user segmentation into the future and delivering ads on that basis that will be easier or more efficient but it's interesting because you you mentioned the word efficiency and i think again in general the average person that maybe have, has heard of artificial intelligence they think efficiency first they think that artificial intelligence is here to essentially take over the jobs which are inefficient and you talked about that from a from a data and analytics perspective so in context of marketing what are some of the tasks that you think AI will make easier in marketing and specifically marketing analytics? I think there are a lot of tasks that are still currently performed manually that don't really need uh, 
to be done by humans. Uh, so there are still things like PPC, uh, Google AdWords, uh, optimization, uh, that it's all based on numbers and results essentially are uh, visible within AdWords platform. I think all of that can be automated and it's already being automated. And uh, anything to do with pure numerical analysis of your results, I think all of those things will uh, we can automate. So you know, in digital marketing, it's a lot about uh, analyzing and learning on, uh, on the results of your campaigns to improve your future campaigns. Uh, mm. So I think as we get better at that, we'll be able to spend more time on strategic thinking about you know, what to promote and to whom, uh, and mm. then less of the time on actual uh, execution of our digital marketing campaigns. Okay. And so for marketers out there that perhaps they're, they're doing something manual at the moment, let's say it's in analytics, let's say, in, let's say they're a data analyst or a, a web analyst or a marketing analyst, and they're doing lots of things inefficiently. And they know a little bit about artificial intelligence and they're thinking to themselves, maybe AI could help me do this thing faster or more efficiently or more accurately. What would be your advice to marketers to help them get started and build a base level of awareness of artificial intelligence and how to apply it to their day-to-day roles? Yeah, I think there are a lot of uh, online resources that marketers can uh, read on just to get a better understanding of the way in which AI machine learning works. Uh, But to be honest, uh, Google does a really good job in terms of embedding machine learning into their products. So when you look at analytics, there's a lot of machine learning being used there. When you look at AdWords, see all the content recommendation, even when you type things into Google. So whenever you start typing a search, a new search in Google, whatever uh, recommendation uh, or suggestion you see is completely different from what anyone else in any other location uh, would see. So all of that is already powered by machine learning. And the more uh, we work in marketing, then the longer we'll be doing this, the more we will see machine learning taken, taking over a lot of the processes so i think it's important to just read up a little bit on what's going on there to really understand the tools that you're using and so to keep keep control over the the automated aspects of of your work and do you think it's a an essential skill to have a background in mathematics or computer science to become involved in artificial intelligence particularly in marketing or do you see it as more beneficial than essential I mean, I don't really think that in order to apply machine learning or AI in marketing, you need to actually be, become a data scientist yourself. Like I said, I mean, there, there are a lot of companies uh, and people that are building tools that are you know, off the shelf and ready for you to use. So as long as you learn the infrastructure and the dashboard or the platform that you're using, then you can, you know, you can be very proficient at using machine learning without actually understanding with the, the kind of the backbone of it. I would say in order to code machine learning uh, solutions or programs yourself, yes, it's it's good to start with uh, mathematical or physics or, or in science background. Uh, and it's a quite a long journey, but um, I don't think that marketers actually need to go through that whole journey. I think it's enough to just get a basic idea of uh, you know the, the tools that are out there and, and more or less how they work. Another thing I think about as you say that is that even if it is a long journey um, for some people to get to a really high level in this field, 
there's no better time to start than now because it's still an industry that's still in its relative infancy. So it's still very early on. So you're going to see, I imagine, over the next decade or so, so many roles in the artificial intelligence industry grow, build, develop, and just come from nowhere. So now is a good time to start learning those skills. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And we actually see that. It's interesting you mentioned that because we see more and more senior executives basically leaving their jobs and, and going back to uni to do a master's degree in machine learning. So oh, in, wow. in the Brainpool network, a big part of our network are academics, PhDs and postdocs. But another big part are people that you know, spend the last 20, 25 years or say working in finance or, or marketing and then they realize they're not going to go any further in their careers unless they have a good understanding of machine learning uh, and AI. So they go back to uni to to kind of catch up on all those trends before they could go continue to, in their careers. That's a really interesting insight. And speaking just about the future more generally, I'm curious to know from your perspective, particularly in marketing, what would you like to see marketers use artificial intelligence for? So are there any meaningful world problems or exciting marketing problems that you see that you really are excited by AI's potential and marketers' potential in applying AI to make a difference to the world? That's a good question because, I mean, marketing is just a tool for brands to promote themselves, right? So it's really the the question that I'm curious about is how do we stop this uh, unlimited growth of some of the huge corporations that essentially leads to uh, the destruction of our planet Right, because the more new manufacture the products that we don't actually need, the the more destruction is being done. So I would I would hope that in the future we put some kind of a limit on uh, the corporate growth of our corporations and uh, using machine learning try to shift the focus to promote the products that are actually needed for the people, uh, but also needed for for us to save our planet. Uh, and for customers and advertisers, marketers, I guess, to to have to be able to use that free time that's saved thanks to machine learning to really focus on the things that matter. That's a great way to end this podcast. So thanks so much for your time. That's a really interesting thought to end on. Before I let you go, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and Brainpool? Yes, thank you very much, Scott. It was a great conversation. And uh, if anyone is uh, interested to learn more about AI or machine learning, please go to brainpool.ai and we'll be happy to, to have another uh, chat about different applications of uh, AI in business, but also if you if you work in uh, academia or work on interesting research papers, we'll also be happy to talk to you about uh, potentially joining our network. Brilliant. Thanks so, so much for your time. This has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Cassia, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Scott. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, 
live and move to the UK.